Hello, folks. Uh, today's show is a little tough, and we'll get into that later. But you're still buttholes. Uh, buttholes is a grosser word than asshole. Think about that. Butthole is a nastier word than the word asshole. But some people would tell you the other one, the latter, is the bad one. Anyway, uh, I'm getting ready to head out on tour with Devin. We're doing Songs and Stories Tour. You can go to emorymusic.com. Check that out. If you need anything for that special occasion, I'm talking about sex. I don't like saying it like that. Uh, I run a company called Marriage Supply. We have great products uh, for your sexual health and uh, just trying to have some fun there. And no porn. That's what is really cool about this site. Uh, you can go there and it's a safe site. Check it out, marriagesupply.com. Also, today's show is sponsored by SoFi. See how easy it is to start investing and get $25 in free stock just for signing up when you visit SoFi.com slash badchristian. That's SoFi, S-O-F-I dot com slash badchristian. And today's show is also sponsored by Feels. Phil's CBD has me feeling my best every day. Seriously, um, this stuff's pretty cool. Get 50% off your first order and free shipping by going to feels.com slash bad Christian. Let's do it. Oh, hell yeah. God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me about that. <laughs> so you got never done what you got today. No, nope, we're not, not starting. Starters. We're not starting the show that way. You know what? Because that's not enough energy for me. Can I oh, start okay, the show sorry. the way I want to start it? I didn't know we were starting. I was just asking. <laughs> now that's how you start a bad Christian yeah! podcast. Matt, Matt, I want you to try and top me screaming, and then I want Reva to try and top me screaming. So, Matt, you go first. I will, but it's not Reva, fair. Everybody knows Reva is loud as shit. Okay, right, well, it's Matt, not fair. It, I'm going to tell you the two levels it's not fair on before I throw Reva uh, We don't back need no discussion on it. Yeah. Just get your yell out. I'm in a Come corporate on, environment. Boy. First off. You're, you're the best screamer in the world, okay? You're the one no, of the best, I'm loudest. <laughs> and secondly, I'm in an office with a bunch of people working. You want me to scream? Oh, so it baby, will come at great expense to my personal scared. reputation. Him scared, people will hear him. <laughs> You're going to get me evicted. For- yeah! <laughs> All right. Now everybody's laughing nice. at me out there. Hey, that, that I've heard that scream on an Emory record before. All <laughs> okay. right, Reva, this Worth is your audition for the next Emory record. Let's hear it. Reva is at a coffee shop in Nashville. <laughs> Reva, will you do it? She will. She is currently under the bus. Yep. No. Oh, God, you gotta come Reva. Up with something. There's no way I can do that. We, we hung Reva okay, out to dry. I did, I did realize I got to back you guys on saying that hay is definitely the most loud thing that you can say. Hey is? I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> As a syllable, if you're trying to make maximum yeah. volume, hey Hi. is probably the, the one that you can percussively make go. I've learned that lesson with my dog. <laughs> what oh, happened? Yeah. Did I get in trouble in the office? Okay, so I got another contender that one of the people in the office I work in, his name's Andy. He's yeah. one of the greatest video guys. He did our, in the world, but he did our oh, Christmas yes. video. And yeah. he is in a band called Opponent. You should check him out on Spotify. They're really good. Okay. He works really hard after hours on his band. 
And yep. he's the screamer. So he heard me scream. So instead of me getting evicted from the office, he wants to come give a scream. All right, so Andy. Hello to Andy. Here we go. Let's see what let's see what you got, my friend. This is Bad Christian Pod. Oh, sweet. And they're gonna be now introduced to opponent through the lead vocalist uh scream. You give you have your Re- Reva okay. canceled her option to scream in the coffee shop. So <laughs> now we have you want to say it. What do you want the scream? What type say? of scream you want from Andy? A low one, a metal one? Like what what do you okay. think? I like I love metal. Yeah, I think it's gotta be metal. Um, you got to maybe just do a lyric then. I'll just say "Bad Christian is the best." Okay, okay. go for it. Bad Christian is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> All right, we even have guest vocals now on the Bad Christian yep. podcast. My <laughs> God, that's good. Speaking of guest vocals, I have a topic to talk about. You do? If, yeah. If we're ready to move on from the from that part of whatever that was. Uh, okay. Let me guess. It's about penises or farts both that's what we're known for right that's all Wait, this ever really has been about i'm a lot of people can't see your face right now it looks like you're getting a little serious so i'm gonna, okay I'm gonna no i'm not but i but i was gonna talk about for a second uh so you guys know i do the label podcast and yes that's becoming more distinct for me of what that is and what this is in in the following way this thing is where it's an experiment. We all know that. We have been saying that for years. This Bad Christian is an experiment. Bad yes. Christian is an experiment. It really is to see what happens when you do this. And the this, I never know what it is. It's just my, I follow my impulses, and it becomes yep. things. And sometimes goals and things become clear by, based on the behavior. But it's very much experimental in nature. And a lot of the experiment is verbally processing what happens if you process, share it with others, share it with people that are introspective like you and kick it back to me and yep. see what happens if we talk about church and these things and honesty. You know, it's all those things. Now, labeled, on the other hand, is different. It's where I am way zoomed out. It is not about my thoughts and opinions. It's more I observe from a way zoomed out level of people who have had similar experiences to me that I very much understand, but as a 40-year-old, I zoom out and I look at them and I go, oh, and all these things mean things about me. All the stories in Labeled, they really have a lot to do with me because I gain the insight from the 30,000-foot view without me having to be in the middle of the thing. So it's also really valuable life processing for me. And one of the things that 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 I think is kind of interesting is this notion of when, like Me Without You just is announced they, they broke up, right? Yeah. And then there's other bands that get back together. And there's a lot, that is, all that territory is new. There's not really been indie small working class bands that have made it for seven and eight albums or bands that have gotten together and broken up after two and come back after 10 years. None of that stuff has been around before. Like, you know, Motley Crue has a reunion or something or the Eagles, but that's not, there's never really been an economy of that and what it means and what does it mean about the art and the individuals and how should they, how should a band ever quit? Like when we were in Emory, Tell me if I'm wrong. Didn't you? When figure, we were in Emory, what are you uh, trying to say, uh, Matt? <laughs> Holy shit! Anyway, I do have it. Okay, but um, <laughs> we are in Emory, yeah, asshole. Right. You, <laughs> clarification taken. <laughs> but you know that at a point during our experience in Emory, you had some thought of like, well, surely this won't be continuing to go in five years or in two years oh, or whatever. Yes. And there's even points where it was clear times. that we were in decline to some degree. Right. So then it's like, well, should you bail? Should yep. you? Is it embarrassing to have bad shows? Could they yeah. be bigger again in the future? All things that we know the answer to now. Um, but a lot of bands had broke up uh, prematurely. 
obviously. And and there's some contention to that. It's like, well, why did you? Or why did you think you had to? And if so, why are you coming back now? And then some bands stay a lo- around a long time, and then they eventually break up. So I'm interested in the breakup and not breakup. There's not... I guess what I've come to is, just like every fucking thing, there's not so much rights and wrongs to it. It's yep. just... There's healthy and unhealthy ways to do it. So obviously it's okay that me without you is breaking up. That seems fine, right? Yep. I mean, it makes, uh, you wish they were going to be around long. It seems to make sense. And sometimes, like under oath when they broke up, it was premature. They, they know now that they should have been able to weather it then. Yeah. And, and probably wish they could have been able to do that. But they maybe were acting in haste or something. I think that's kind of maybe their words or something like that. So then what does it mean to come back or whatever? And so the term that it boils down to is, did they ever break up is my question to you. Yeah, there's a bit of breakup myth going on there. Yeah, so what is what does it mean? Like, like we're talking about the word of bands break up or hiatus or indefinite or getting back. What do you, those things start to get blurry to me? So I was curious right. your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, did did they ever break up? Not really. I mean, a- a- Amber Lynn said we're done, and then they're back. But and they thought under, they did. Uh, it's not just tooth and nail bands. Active by the versus way, but, yeah. inactive is probably a better. Ah, better I think that. that's that's uh, yeah. a good wording too. That's but I'm a, just saying, that's a real good way to look. This at is it. the territory that we're going to have to do some thinking in because now when a band breaks up, even they know a different thing than they would like. 10 years ago when your band broke up, you did believe that you had broken up. You didn't realize there'd be a future value uh, for you in a meaning sense or, you know, the financials, right. that, you know, when people throw money at you to get back together, which is not the primary driver. I think the primary driver is usually creative, like yeah. missing that part is what brings people back. But yeah. so now to break up means a whole different thing. So we're yeah. talking about hiatus or permanent, like, and, and you say, no, but we're, you have to like say, but we're really breaking up. It's what you'd have to do now. <laughs> no, we're really, really breaking yeah, up. Yeah, or we yeah. promise not. Like, it, I think those edges are going to continue to get blurry. So keep that in mind. I just want okay. everybody to kind of wrestle with that. All right, so as an adult, you guys know there's things that you're supposed to be doing as adults that you're not doing, and a big one for a lot of you guys is investing. I'm a very irresponsible person, but I am happy to say that I've been invested in stocks and bonds and things like that my whole life. I had a grandfather that was interested in it and gave me a small portfolio uh, just years and years ago. It wasn't a lot of money, and it's grown, and I've stewarded it over time. I've learned a lot from it. And I was even, I even withdrew money from it to pay for the making of our first album, The Week's End, so that we could uh, be in control of our own destiny there. Uh, I think I took out $8,000 and then we used it to pay for that recording. So my whole life, I've always kind of been comfortable with investing and really learned a lot and enjoyed a lot from it and have been financially benefited from it. I know a lot of people don't do that and I'm not one to talk about my portfolio so much, but nonetheless, it is important. It has made a big difference in my life and I think it's something that everybody should be doing. Uh, SoFi is terrific. It's the first platform to offer stocks, crypto, and automated investing all in one. I just looked at the uh, Bitcoin. It's way up above what I thought it would be at this point, and I wish I had bought some. But the software that I used for my stocks previously didn't have crypto, or I'd be sitting on some of that right now. With SoFi, you even get access to their financial advisors who can answer any questions you have at no cost. Because I know it can be intimidating to jump into something like a market with a portfolio and do the stocks. And, the, you know, it can be overwhelming, but it shouldn't be intimidating. It is not that hard. But the facts are millennials are very underinvested. It's easy to see why. The 2008 thing was painful, and a lot of companies make investing seem complicated. But SoFi Invest makes it super easy for 
anyone to start investing with as little as, get this, a dollar. You can even buy a piece of companies like Amazon, Google, Disney. Those stocks are real expensive. I think Amazon's like $1,700 a share, but you can just buy a piece of a share, which is really amazing. SoFi Invest makes investing simple. So to get started, here's how it works. You go to SoFi.com slash badchristian and create an account. You can choose to either do it yourself or let SoFi's automated investing build your portfolio. You can use stock bits and buy fractional shares of your favorite stocks, starting with as little as a dollar. So you can see for yourself how easy it is to start investing with SoFi at SoFi.com slash badchristian. Fund your SoFi Invest account and receive $25 in a mystery stock. That sounds fun. That, yeah, that's what I've said. Free stock just for signing up. So go to SoFi.com slash badchristian to claim your free stock today. That's S-O-F-I.com slash badchristian. SoFi Lending Corp. CFL number 6054612. And now I'm going to say something considerably more serious. Um... I don't know what's right and wrong for bands. I don't know what's right and wrong in the band I'm in. And I don't know what is right and wrong with the Bad Christian Podcast. But it is true at this time that I have something that's very difficult to say, which is that Joey is in that territory with as it responds to this podcast. He is what I would want to say permanently on uh, leave. I would like to use the word permanent. Yeah. I think that is the um, correct word for the status of where you can say hiatus. And, you know, Joey's not on the podcast anymore. And as far as I understand and know, he's not going to be. That's a thing that I think is better to think of as uh, permanent. Um, more than more than I would say hiatus. But on the other hand, of course, anything's possible, you know, and. That's the softest way I can, uh, 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 you know, comfortably arrive at, at this spot to, to say those those words. Yeah, we have been waiting for months, and people have been asking me constantly about Joey updates and what the, people wanting to know more information. And it seems kind of clear to us right now that Joey is not coming back. It's not. There's nothing. There will be no status change anytime soon. That is true. Definitely. It, this is, like right. If a band gets back together, it's in another phase. And that if there is another phase to all of this, then there is. But it's not. In, there's nothing around the corner in, in, in that regard whatsoever. So does that... I mean, my best guess is we're just going to have to move forward from here. I don't know anything uh, well, beyond the, that. The, the key word is have to. Like this is have I mean, to. We, is the word, we, yes. we worked on this podcast, and we have we a great bad Christian club that is really important to us, and we want to keep all these folks together. We want to continue to do stuff. So I'll also say I don't know what this looks like in the future, but we are going to continue doing something. I don't know if you, Matt, what your how you would phrase that in your uh, in your brain, but this is what we want to continue to do as long as we can, and as long as it is valuable to people and valuable to us, and that that is kind of what is so tough about this. We all of this was it, the farthest thing from our radar ever. This did everything that has happened with Joey never crossed my mind. Really, 
And then all of a sudden we were in the middle of it trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for this all to play out in public. And mm-hmm. we want to, we do want to respect Joey. We do want to respect his family. Uh, we, uh, I mean, they even asked us for people to respect their privacy and pray for them. This is a tough time for them. We don't want to diminish that. It's a, it's a very tough time for us as well. And so the, the big thing is this podcast is really important to us and we value it. And so that value means a lot and it is worth continuing and sitting through this moment right now. That is really difficult. Mm-hmm. It's worth us having this conversation on air to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you we might not know you, but the, it, this is really hard to say all of this. It's extremely I'm going to say a few more things that are on, on the on the firm side for me, which is Okay, so this puts me squarely in the territory of a hypocrite and I can accept that. But I can't talk about Joey. There's many things I don't know or understand and I won't um I won't be able to talk about it. And that causes me a very particular type of pain that is so against my personal feelings and of my own values or self-perception or something. It 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 is this hurting me in a way that is hard to describe the inability to handle it or talk about it or work on it or anything in a way that is completely life-changing to me. So I accept the fact that I would never have stood for my own stance on it now. Like whatever I would have thought two years ago, I wouldn't have accepted the words I'm saying now. And I don't expect other people to accept them. Um, so I accept whatever that means about me or whatever part of this is is, is my choice or whatever, then I, I can accept that and I will. But I cannot talk about him and his personal life and details and and. You know, there's there's the element of it too that there's so much of that that I, I don't know that I, there's a lot of the questions that everybody has. I'll put it this way: you can ask them to me personally as a person or one on one. You probably be surprised at the answers that I don't. I, I, I'm not going to know. There's not a lot of details. I, I'm not going to have a lot for you, but I will try to deal with anybody on an individual level the best that I can. But from a public level. It's unfortunately, this is not a discussable thing. And I know our church, I mean, I know our podcast is about transparency and church and pastors and our lives. I mean, that's what it's about. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't foresee this getting to the spot, but this is a spot that, that it is in and we are moving forward. And I know people have tons of questions and they want to know more. And Joey is an invaluable or is, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Extremely valuable. He's mm-hmm. invaluable. Like it is you can't place a value on how important Joey has been and is to what we have done with this podcast. And it feels awful to be in this position for me. I, so, mm-hmm. And I, I, that, and I want to clarify that. And that's what Matt's saying too. We can only talk about ourselves, right? Uh, I, I mean, will talk about myself it, it, yes, from here. I, I, I will. Uh, yes, I will. As I ever but, have. But I want people to know. I mean, I mean, this is. I'm talking about the longest term best friend of my life, and we are trying to figure out all kinds of things, and not have information, and don't know certain things, and also still love each other and care. I, I mean, there is nothing more in life than I hope for joy and peace and and healing for joey 
He is in a super tough spot, and so are we. And that is never easy to figure out. And that's what sucks about this whole thing. I mean, it it really sucks about this whole thing. This isn't easy to figure out. And then I feel like I owe you folks listening right now an explanation, and I wish I could give you a great one. And I don't have have it. I don't don't fucking have it. I don't. I wish I could. And I, I even feel like the more that I'm talking at this exact moment that I'm screwing it all up and I'm, yeah. I'm saying things that aren't exactly clear or right. The thing that I want the, everybody to hear is that we really value this community and what has been happening within the bad Christian world. And that is why, I mean, there were times where I promise you that it has been way easier to just walk away or stop. And I, I still don't know. In the re, just recently, you mean, in oh, the last few months. Maybe yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yes. In, in the last four or five months, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not easy getting questions about your best friend and not knowing how to answer those. And these people that you kind of know asking you these questions that are super personal, I, it's not easy. And Matt and I, and uh, I mean, just being as transparent as I can be, this has been about the most difficult thing of my life that has revealed more about my own mental health, my own uh, spiritual, emotional, physical health mm-hmm. that I've ever experienced in my whole life. I'm 43 years old and haven't had this uh, almost come to Jesus moment than this moment in my life. And so this is a real moment. And all of that to say, we just want to keep things that we think are valuable and this podcast is really valuable. So we mm. will try to keep it valuable as long as it can be. And 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 yeah. if if we screw that up or we don't get it right, okay. Maybe like you said, all things come to an end or things change. All right. Uh, we're, yeah. we're not trying to ride this uh, we're not trying to ride it out for gobs of money or uh for our own ego. I mean, it, there there's lots of other things that we could be doing that would be valuable as well. This means something to my to me and to Matt and to Reva and and to Joey as well. And so we are saying this to everybody right now because this is where we're at. Joey is not coming back. That has been revealed to us and we want to treat you guys as well as we can and and be as real as we can with that information yep yeah and that's that's basically where we're gonna have to leave it for now this is not a topic and the relative topics are such a fabric of of who we are and what we're going through that you'll probably hear us develop and unpack things in a general way but there's not um there's not there's not much else coming and there's not there's a there's a just a a a giant amount that, that that we just don't even have access to know or understand. I have had some indication that he plans to continue to podcast possibly on his other podcast on Passive with no answers or something. Um, feel free to, to support him there. Feel free to message him. He's got things he can talk about if he ever wants to or not. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, that, if that's given you any, anyway, I don't know. That's, that's, this is where we had to leave that, that topic for, for this, for at this time. That's just, a, that's all I can do. <clears throat> Uh, but I, yeah. I re- agree with you that when digging deeply and deciding what is the right thing to do moving forward, it's it is very abundantly clear that the um, the value of this podcast in its connections and meaning to me alone is worth doing. 
no matter what. And then probably you, then probably Reva, then probably Bunda, then probably the our extended network, and then probably the BC Club and then the general listeners that are hearing my voice right now. That's a lot of people, and there's a lot of real meaning and things to to do. And so it's it has been. We have decided to continue to do it. That was a decision that we've had to wrestle with and arrive at is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's obvious too, that you guys aren't taking it lightly, which is you know, like you're treating this a lot differently than you would have like two mm-hmm. years ago, like you said, and you've used it as an experience to like grow from and really like look at yourselves honestly and change. And I think that's been like, super evident to me and other people who work with you guys like Bunda talked about it a little bit, but I just wanted to say that I appreciate how you guys are. Yeah. Well, thank you. Personal change is the best description of of what I'm going through. So whatever that's going to be, it's just going to be, you'll, we'll, we'll find out together is, is kind of my personal commitments more along those lines. You know, well, that's thanks just for ma- thanks for making me cry, Reva. I appreciate yeah, that. Lot, that, was, that was actually really, really <laughs> touching. I, I mean, I want people to understand. We love Joey. We don't understand everything that is happening. I don't think he understands everything that's happening with us. And there's a disconnect. And that is unbelievably hard. And saying all these things right now recorded recording all the things we're saying right now is unbelievably hard and i don't i don't i don't even know what that means to you personally but i want you to you folks to know the reason we do that is because this podcast is valuable and we want to always try to be as real as we can be and we can't always maybe be as real as we want to be but this is as real as we can be and i hope you mm-hmm. appreciate that and we are going to keep going have unbelievable things in the future and i really hope that the future is bright for everybody yeah. And oh, oh yeah yeah and and i hope so too and we i'm saying this from my point of view sitting in this chair now i hereby am wishing joey everything good and the best that is my i wish that i'm saying that here i mean that yeah you know. anybody that would think differently uh, there there is nothing more I can, I promise you, there's not almost my so much of my brain space has been spent on hoping, praying what will happen and the improvements in Joey's life. That that is true, yeah. I, and I say that too with not knowing fully everything. Right. <laughs> that's what's so that's what's so fucking stupid and makes me makes me feel so fucking stupid. Is that I. Uh, there's nothing more I could hope for than the best for him. And mm-hmm. uh, of course I would, I mean, at, even being more clear, uh, there is no gain with Joey not being here. He is great. He has been phenomenal to this podcast, his personality. He is awesome. There's a lot of stuff that's just there that we all have to deal with and he's mm-hmm. dealing with it. And you know, Godspeed and on all that. The the next thing, I, the last thing I'll leave you with, and we'll, we'll move on from here, is regarding the experimental nature of the Bad Christian Podcast. This is a point. <clears throat> this is a point in my life where I, I've had not, I've I've had a few of these because I live, I do things recklessly, and I do things in a way that other people find reckless sometimes, and they will often 
say that seems like not normal. That might be reckless. What if something bad happens? This this is kind of one of those times. People have always told me the responsibility of the podcast and what the platform is and what it is. And I'm willing to do this and say it's an experiment. But an experiment is something that you have to wait and see what the results are. And some of the results of this experiment are not good. So that I take responsibility in some ways for that. So that... So there may be some amount of the experimental nature of this podcast where there's there's some there's conclusions and evidence to be maybe may analyzed over time or the future. So no. that that if that if that gives you any indication, then that that's kind of where my head is at. But I do also take responsibility for things, some things going wrong or increasing the problem of or the undefined nature of what this podcast has been probably contributes to some as many things I think are very positive about it. There there are certainly negative externalities about it too, which I am down to assess, uh, pivot from. Like I said, I understand this puts me in a hypocritical position and I just have to own that and see what is the best way to move forward. And we are moving forward at this very second to talk we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about somebody who is, I think, I respect a ton as a pioneer of difficult and experimental territory in the faith and deconstruction. That's Dave Bazan. There's a movie that has been made about him that Brandon Vetter, the director, has been working on for about five years or several years now. Um, and it's finally seen the light of day. It's called Strange Negotiations, and it's it's really cool. Brandon somebody we met and hung out with a time or two, and he's going to join us in a second, and we're going to talk about that movie and, and, and Dave Bazan, which is hopefully a good landing spot from where we're sitting right now. So that's yeah. all I got. And, and, well, I would like the last things I want to say is Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. Fuck the world. Fuck it. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. me. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck Reva. <laughs> fuck everybody. <laughs> fuck it all. Fuck it. All right, let's take let's take a break and then we'll get to Brandon Better. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> All right, if you're anything like me, you've heard a lot of folks talking about CBD, CBD oil, all of this stuff. I want to try it myself. That's why I'm really excited to tell you about Feels. Uh, they're sponsoring the podcast now, and Feels is a premium CBD that will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. CBD has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and and sleeplessness. Now, it is hard kind of navigating the world of CBD uh, because it can be complicated. At Feels, though, they look to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better soon. And if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline and tech support to help guide you through the discovery process. Feels' hassle-free membership program is guaranteed to help you feel your best month after month or your money back. I'm telling you, this stuff is dope. Try it. You're going to like it. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com forward slash bad Christian, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash bad Christian to become a member and to get 50, 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash bad Christian. Seriously, it's premium cbd de- delivered directly to your doorstep bills thanks for joining us on the show before we get going here i just want to make sure we're on the same page and that 
you do, in fact, remember meeting and hanging out with Toby and I on one I or do. two occasions. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure. We, I, th- I think I it was do. Charleston, right? You came to our, our Seacoast office, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then in Seattle, too, for Break It Down. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Super early in the process. Um, actually, I think that was my first trip shooting was that and then yeah and then when we were on that southern tour we we hung at that like coffee shop kind of place or yep. bar yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that's right so and when when you guys came from break it down bob was there dave's manager and you and he came by and that was a lot of fun and you were filming back then i'm trying to get a pinpoint on what this whole time scope is because if that was early yeah. on it's still years on this project so i i mean yes. what a project it's been, I mean, it's, it's since 2015, I was just actually, I was doing an interview yesterday and someone was asking about the timeline and it was, and I, you know, it's just been so long that it's like, it's, it's so hard to like figure out whether it was like Christmas of 2016 or 15 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that when, when I came and hung with you guys, that was like late 2015 my gosh different world yeah i mean that that pinpoints some just insane things and i I know in the documentary it's some of that's covered some things hinge around the election but the time period since i've been podcasting professionally and now is a short amount of time and everything is so different and you've been collecting footage and riding with dave who's been changing a lot over everything else changing what a what a journey yeah, it's, you know, and, and that was, which kind of made it hard to, to start the project because in terms of like getting the financing and, to, and everything together in the infrastructure, because that was the idea was to just kind of like faithfully follow this story and, you know, this version of this story through this incredibly gifted communicator um, without trying to be like, oh, it's going to be this or it's going to be that, you mm-hmm. know, just like faithfully following and you know trying to be sensitive to what's helpful about this dude's story so i'm kind of learning how to tell stories in a more formal way i like to talk and make people laugh and have always been that type of person but i've realized the value of story and its functionality and what it actually is uh in recent years i'm trying to pay attention to that so i'm watching this film and thinking about what you must have been thinking there and we're working on a documentary right now in the middle of it like laying out the story so i've got like a a, you know 100 hours of footage down to seven and i have a story structure that i'm fitting it in and so i'm thinking of what we're working on uh in relation to what you're doing there and and i'm curious when did you have a story or know what the story was then at this point because i think i have a grip on how to tell it now that i've seen the film but when was that clear to you what what is the story here yeah i mean i think i i tried to reserve judgment on that for as long as possible. Um, you know, I knew, I knew there was this, you know, one of the first things that I did actually after when I, when I was kind of trying to figure out if this had legs and this was a narrative, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's so hard and it's such a big decision. Every time you go to make a documentary, it's like, it's going to be three or four years. It's going <laughs> to ruin your mental and physical and financial health. And so it's like, and you only get to do so many right. and the stakes are stakes are fucking high right now. Just in yeah, terms you spend of- that long on it. I mean, it's like, yeah, it didn't really turn out to be, I mean, you can't, uh, 
Right. You can't afford that as a mental human, not not financially, but like, I can you even imagine the feeling of investing that much and then not being able to finish it or not pulling something good out of it would be a, such a nightmare. Totally. I mean, it's all it's, yeah. it's almost like uh, the the gold rush. Like you're you're trying yeah. to find gold. And yeah. lots of people don't find it. Yeah, lots of people <laughs> you don't know, find it. Your story is the gold, and you got to totally. find that story, that narrative. But anyway, yeah, keep going. Totally. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I was trying to be as, uh, yeah, just kind of responsible with that decision as possible at the very beginning. And I heard Dave actually on another podcast, Pete Holmes, uh, yeah, interviewed Dave. Way, I mean, it must have been 2014 or 2013, and that kind of sparked this thing. I had listened to Page of the Line growing up a little bit and, you know, like most people kind of lost track and then hearing Dave, just the candor and the, the unique perspective that he brought to this, this faith conversation, you know, like was really like, okay, this is, this is something that is stirring, you know, like I feel kind of uniquely qualified to fuck with this idea um, so I went home after that drive and printed out every single lyric that he's ever published from the very first thing to the most recent thing. And it, it's actually somewhere around here. It's, you know, I put together this book, um, so I could sit down and, and read it as a narrative, like once all the way through, you know, like, mm-hmm. and kind of talking about it in a 90 minute kind of structure, you know, in a one sitting and is like, does this, does this translate into something helpful? Would, would a 90 minute documentary be a helpful retelling of this story? And it was just, it was so obvious. Like, you know, there's so many, there's so few people that have the opportunity to encounter his breadth of work like that. And, yeah. uh, that was just, you know, it kind of broke my heart right away because it's just like this is, this is so special. Like, there's so much scholarship, there's so much narrative on both sides of the fence of, you know, not believing, believing. You know, there's so little uh, storytelling that kind of stays in that middle Absolutely. and a- accepts that tension. Um, and, and just, and lives in it for decades, you know, just like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Blisteringly exactly. front row seat of like one of the most insane things that you can go through as a human, you know, that t- to lose your entire worldview and you, and we're watching this dude who just happens to be one of the best communicators on the planet, in my opinion, through music and lyrics he's the one who's kind of taking us through this thing. And so it was just like, fucking yes, this is worth doing. But that you knew that from the beginning, that the story would be in the territory of showing his journey and then finding the points and the best ways to illustrate it. So at least you knew that you didn't think, Oh, we just have some drama about the music business or see what, you know what you knew, not that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was kind of two pronged at the beginning where it was like, I'm super interested in the music business stuff, just in terms of like, how he has, you know, kind of created space for himself in this world where the middle class of artists has kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. you know, and the idea that the way that, uh, you know, our, we now kind of interact with, with art and the devaluation of it, you know, like it's so fucking scary to me in terms of like, especially as things get darker and we head into this, this abyss, it's like, we need, 
truth tellers. We need, mm-hmm. you know, artists saying their thing more than ever, but we're in a place right now where it seems impossible. You know, there's just no, you're either super famous or it's a hobby. And mm-hmm. so watching Dave, you know, uh, navigate that and kind of create his own space was, was really a big part of it for me. And, you know, like the stakes of that, how, what he has to leave behind, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it was, it was this kind of wrestling with the existential and wrestling with the temporal, you know, in terms of his career were the two kind of things that were interesting. Yeah, it really nails it on uh, multiple levels that are relatable. So it's not like this pure thing where there's this crazy person that has this crazy story that's just so interesting that nobody can relate to. Now, yeah, they're not touring musicians or great artists or whatever, but right. the change in people's faith and losing their worldview is what everybody's going through. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's so relatable on that level. And the other level of it being what you just said about uh, the the camps being there's more tons of stuff on faith and tons of stuff on not faith, but the people who are willing to go through the middle of that vulnerably and talk about it and live in the tension without the answers or the destination already pre-cooked and all that. That right. is a real thing that most people simply is the stakes are just too high. Like yeah. you get crushed doing that and it's dangerous and there's not much reward. And right. most people aren't good at it or have the artistic ability, or the communicating ability to even try. Right. So thank right. God some people <laughs> do have that willingness, <laughs> and then some people have the willingness to search it out like you and and capture it and stuff like that. How much total footage did you capture, though? Is it four or five years worth? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane. I have, you know, like a 64 terabyte, you know, uh, RAID drive that has it all. And it shot it all in 4K, so it's like I wish it was as simple as it used to be where you just have like stacks of tapes and you could be like – one hour, two hour, three hours. Like I have no idea. I shot, you know, probably 60 shows, 70 shows. I went out with him on the road five or six different times. Um, for weeks, for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Over two and a half years. Um, and then it spent a ton of time at home at his home in Seattle with him. Um, so yeah, just kind of, it was one of those things where it was like, for for this undefined amount of time i'm just i just am plugged in and and have my ears on and any opportunity that i could see you know getting us farther on into his head um was like okay pull it together and go that that's kind of my question there is like you're riding around with this guy and and okay so i i've watched probably three quarters of the documentary and i love it i love oh, it thanks, i mean we'll, we'll get into some of the details here in a minute but just the the weight of it every everything about it, it it is it is just fascinating and i think you did such a good job capturing dave person dave persona bazan mm. persona all the, all that stuff like you know i mean like i'll right. Matt and I, with with our BC Club, we were talking on our. We do a a, a separate episode just for BC Clubbers, our, our Bad Christian Club, oh, and we cool. were just talking about how much like because our our band Emory is a, a Christian band, and I re, I personally relate so much to what he's saying. But yeah. it, how did you like where? How did you know, or or how did you fall into? Maybe you didn't know like where you should push yourself into it. Like where where is Brandon in this thing? Like, you know, it, yeah, 
That's interesting. You know, uh, someone, we were just screening the film down in LA uh, a couple weekends ago. And uh, this filmmaker friend of mine was like, this may not sound like a compliment, but like, it's the best compliment I could ever give you is like, I didn't see you at all in that film. I yeah. didn't, you know, like you're in this era of kind of people inserting themselves in this thing. Like it was like, you did the opposite in this weird way. And you know, the only reason that that happened was just because I kind of decided and understood from early on that this was going to be um, from Dave's perspective, for better or for worse. You know, that there wasn't, there was no guidelines of journalistic integrity here. You know, like I wasn't even trying to tell the, the truth, you know, like I'm trying to tell this version of the truth, like mm-hmm. this guy's perspective where... I got a lot of pushback while making the film where people are like, well, you're not interviewing his wife. You're not interviewing his band members. Like what, how are we getting reality? And it's like, that's not the point. That's right. You know, that's not what this yeah. film is. The, the whole point is that singular perspective. Um, and, and to step into that long enough to, to get kind of some of the bigger things, you know, where it's like, if we kept bouncing around and I tried it, well, actually I never did any interviews at all. Even with Dave, you know, it's like our driving sessions were these interviews and they were set up to, you know, break down the barriers in a way that we would have six hours and to just open the front of his head. Um, I would never ask questions in like tenses. So it would never sound like he was answering a question, you know, because the idea was just like, this is homeboy's homeostasis. Give me an example of what you mean by that. You want, tell me what you wouldn't say in a tense like that. I'm interested in the art form. Um, you know, just a, a good example would be, you know, like, um, you know, they, it's something that you kind of want people to do a lot of the times in interviews, you know, where it's like you're interviewing someone and you say, they're not going to, they're not going to hear my question. So instead of, if I say, what color is your car? Don't say blue, say my car is blue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was kind of the opposite of that, where it's like, I didn't want these setups. I didn't want, you know, like any kind of context in terms of like, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's 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 a little harder to describe than I thought it would be. It would you know, the idea was like it's kind of a rolling start, you know, where it's like to just get him going and you know, there was a ton of kind of chess maneuvers where we were pushing on each other and you know, but once we got to this sweet spot where he was just able to kind of be himself and open up his head in the way that he thinks while he's on the road. Um, like that's where it, it, it happened. And, and I would just kind of like keep throwing him little nuggets or whatever, um, to keep going along that trail. But it was not like, um, yeah, it was more like storytelling is mm-hmm. asking him to kind of tell stories and then trying to get out of that, you know, um, that next level of stuff. Yes. And a lot of it was like silence, you know, just waiting for him to, to see where his brain went next. That's a beautiful way to to think of it and see it. Because if you get people answering questions where they're editing and curating themselves for video or audio, it's, that's not what anybody wants. That's not what anybody wants. But it's, if you're trying to prompt a person, you only got 45 minutes for the interview, then, you know, that's what you're going to get. So the fact that you were diligent and patient enough to, to, 
weight and however you marked it or uh you know curated those moments back out i have no idea but that's uh i i think it's very i, I very much appreciate that amount you were willing to sit there to find the, the yeah i know that's what i was gonna say how, how, was it in the beginning was it <laughs> you know, was it uncomfortable sitting there in the silence and you're like i wish this dude would fucking answer <laughs> well, well the, like you didn't know him right like you just right. Right, you, like you hop on a tour with dave yeah. bazan yeah. And then, you know, like, what was that like in the beginning? Was it, was it uncomfortable? It was a nightmare in the beginning. <laughs> the first time, the first time was such a nightmare because there was, he was touring with another musician at that point and doing house shows. And they, uh, there was some kind of miscommunication between them in, and I had no fucking clue what was happening. it's just like, this is our first one. And I got the van all set up and blah, blah, blah. And, Dave gets in, we sit down and he's just fucking closed and just like, and just keeps like pushing me back on my heels. And it was just like, he was just, he was miserable. And I had no idea the context of like what was happening in the, in the rest of his day in the bigger picture, which I learned yeah. later, but it was just like, Oh God, is this how it's going to be? Like, right. He just like <laughs> closed up, closed up. And it was just like, Okay. You know, and even to the point where it's like, you know, like suspiciously like questioning questions and stuff like that, where it's just like, oh, wow. Like this is, oh, this yeah. could be a disaster. <laughs> right. Like he, like you, like you've immediately felt like he's like, uh oh, this, this documentary dude's here trying to get some dirt on me or whatever. Like you right. felt that way, right? Like you were capturing. Yeah. yeah. Like the you're just trying, Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you just thought that's your very first experience with him. Oh totally. man, gosh. That's, how did you, uh, so when you pitched this to him, was he receptive or did, I mean, what, what did it take to get on tour and say, Hey, I'm going to do a documentary about you. Did, was he, did he like it? The idea yeah, the I mean, they, I think, you know, um, once I, I kind of, I reached out through a friend and people had tried to, to, had reached out to them about doing something like this in the past and it, they had never been into it or whatever. Um, and so there was kind of a, like an initial hurdle to get over where it was just like, Oh, you know, like another one of these, you know, hobby dudes, blah, blah, blah. And I sent up my previous films. I think, I don't even think that they watched them. Um, and it was really just about getting on the phone and kind of talking through the, what I was interested in. And, and it was, you know, it started and is still those kind of two things that I was talking about where it's like this, this journey through faith and kind of losing an entire worldview um, and, and having a record of it in a, in a very, very helpful way. And, you know, trying to make an, a living as an artist telling truth. Uh, and, you know, like they were interested in that. Um, it was funny because I, I cited that Wilco documentary. I'm trying to break your heart. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. If you guys have seen that. Yeah. And I was just like, I love this film. You know, like I love the 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 approach. Blah blah blah. And Bob, Dave's manager, who was also on the call, used to manage Uncle Tupelo, 
and was a good friend of Jay's. And Jay is like demonized in that film. Right. And he was like, I fucking hate that film. Like, <laughs> why? They, they had to make like an enemy or they had to make a bad guy. There was no reason to do this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, well, uh, I mean, just like artistically, like it was almost over before it started because I like put my finger in the one fucking wrong spot. Right. <laughs> He's like, literally, that's my least favorite film of all time. <laughs> that's squarely in the territory though of getting a reaction is better than no reaction though that's still right. a better foot forward than you note something boring you right, know what right, i mean right. oh like, yeah and, and that it, is a great documentary by the way yeah. i mean oh it's just phenomenal totally so, yeah. so when i look at this now i'm thinking i'm still have one more question about the your philosophy and story and what it means to be a director yeah i, um, I have somewhere to go i want to i wanted to finish on that go too, ahead yeah well, I was just going to say, you know, in terms of finding that story and going back to that first question, like, you know, Dave and I created a really interesting collaboration on this thing. You know, it's like you don't you every film I've ever done, I have such a different relationship with the subject, you know, and and it has to be totally different um, each time just based on kind of like what how to get the best out of that person. Um and with Dave, you know, the, the way that the, the, the kind of like process of filmmaking went, it, it was clear very early on that it was just going to be me and him, you know, forever. And, you know, like I got some really amazing help at the very beginning from a cinematographer friend who helped set looks and, you know, like was really instrumental in that. But at the end of the day, it was kind of, you know, Dave was really a collaborator in this thing, not in terms of, of decision making, but like tonally we... And we were always talking about, about it, you know? Um, and I, you know, it was, it was kind of late in the process of shooting it, maybe even early into the process of editing it, where we were having a long conversation and we kind of realized that the whole film is, is simply about a human trying to get home, someone trying to get home, you know, and that, it's not this compartmentalized religion and work and blood, you know, like all these different kind of disparate things. It's, it's this fidelity of coming home um, and, and what that means spiritually and what that means, you know, in home life and all that stuff. And once we kind of got that like true North theme, then it was like, okay, like I know what to have everything point towards. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so forgive me then, because I'm I'm an analyst. I like to analyze things to understand them. Some people yeah. have, for instance, in film, a different philosophy. It's like you can't say what the story is or what you were pointing at. Are you more that way, or can I tell you what I'm seeing and how it works in my mind and what type of story it is? Which of those is your preference? <laughs> oh no, yeah, please tell me, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You know, I mean, I, mean, I, I totally respect thing. the thing where it's though. It just is what it is, and I don't want to comment on how it's arranged, but to my, my, that's not how I look at it. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. And it seems like it's a, it's a story that's like that. So when you say in that, it sounds to me like a it's a uh, uh, the journey type of story where you set out on a journey only to find your true home, but a better version of that and really understand what you were from the beginning in a deeper sense, but something's gained and something is lost. That's the feeling yeah. that I get from it. And really, yeah. I would like to say that it fundamentally is a deconstruction story. I mean, that's that's too yeah. simple of a way to look at it. But, right. but that deconstruction is 
to me, like, of course, we do that here, and that's on my mind, and that's what I've been going through. So I see it that way. Um, and I know there's many other levels. But on the other hand, deconstruction is more of a principled thing that can occur with any subject or any journey has that right. element in it. It's not just evangelical deconstruction to a new paradise. Not just that, but th- right. that does seem to be at the, at the core of this and which even puts, um, it even puts the bad guy, like it's the, whoever from the Wilco documentary is their mm-hmm. bass player or something. What's his name? Jay Farrar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in this story, the bad guy is the institution of, of evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so so to speak and so then the whole all the drama plays out with dave this prophet basically who's mm-hmm. trying to understand things and he's ahead of i see dave very much as ahead of other people i see him as ahead of me i track yeah. and calibrate to him and realize the thing he's doing either musically or communicatively i'm probably going to be in a similar I, i'm just behind him I'm yeah. still ahead of other people in a lot of ways too, but I, I right. find myself on that path. I wonder how much it, it always troubles me to look at him and go, "Oh, am I just going to be where he's at in a few years?" That's always the right. fundamental tension I have with my relationship <laughs> yeah. with him. Um, but but that's how I see it, and to see him wrestle with that, and there's that moment in the film, and I'm sure you're very intentional with these, where he says, "This is a new insight for me in the territory of deconstruction, being that." Mm-hmm. He was tr- originally trying to help and save this group and this community and where he's from and to improve it and make it better until at some point he realizes this is – it's not the people that you are that you were trying to save. It would be the institution, which isn't savable anyway. Right. So there's an yeah. abandonment of the thing you thought you were trying to help at some point. And when that threshold right. is crossed, you realize, oh, I might can help people individually in a way that I can't measure or calculate or know, maybe. And it seems like they take things from his art. I mean, there's right. the fundamentally type of people like me who are challenged by it and disagree with it. And then over time, move that direction painfully, almost regrettably. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. there's the whole other type of person, which this documentary shows so well that say, but not my pastor and not my faith. And you're not, when we talk about the problems of Christianity, I agree with you, but they are not me and it's not mine. Right. And those people yeah. then don't, they do not change. Right. Right. And it's not the people, but it's they, their allegiance is going to be with the way they see, you know, like it, it makes me want to say, if you, I'm sorry for being long winded here, but this no, is no, just no, where no, it puts me, but it, it, yeah. it puts me in this place to say, if you think, the problem with Christianity is those Christians, then you are that. Right. Yeah. If it's not, if you know for sure it's not you and your pastor, then then it then it is you. You know, <laughs> like like, and and that that line gets divided, I think, in this film in a way. Um, from Dave's approach, has to shift from per, personal to institutional and separating those things out. We just weren't thinking on that level five and ten years ago, and now people are, and it's just really really fascinating see how some of these people react to him in the living rooms i want to talk about it oh man yeah well and it's it's you know i think one of the one of the most interesting um kind of realizations he comes to in the film and talks through is just this idea that you know uh evangelical christianity has, has has kind of created these these lines um that its own core text doesn't really doesn't support in terms of kind of this inside or outside thing where, 
you know, uh, Dave is on a podcast with uh, Justin McRoberts in the film and, and, and Justin's kind of asking him like, you know, do you see yourself as an outsider? Like a lot of people are kind of putting you in this camp and um, Dave kind of transcends that question in a way of just like, you know, it's, it so much of the problem is our obsession with, you know, kind of uh, defining these things. And it's just, you know, like it's a lifetime, it's, it's a life, you know, and it's not ours to judge based on the book anyway, but there is this mm-hmm. kind of weird thing, especially now where it's like, uh, I, yeah, the way that the media media and Christianity have been kind of like, coming together more recently. And maybe it's just because I've been more attentive to it because of the subject of the film or whatever. Um, Yeah. It's just like, there's this obsession with kind of inside and outside um, in a way that I just don't see anywhere. Um, Yeah. I just, it's just, I I don't think it's, it's such a stumbling block, if you will, you know, that's, that's just unhelpful. I, the hard uh, edges, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'll, okay, let me just – this is why I think this documentary is so great. And I love that you said you wanted Dave's perspective because I, I that is so right because it hearing all this from him gives you a real look into this person's soul. I know, mm-hmm. you, of course, his wife would have information right. uh, about his life, but that, that would be her observation of this guy. And so you allow the viewer to be able to observe Dave in a way that they probably haven't ever gotten to. So yeah. you said, you said that this was about, that you thought that this documentary is basically about a guy wanting to find home. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I agree with you, except maybe in a, in an opposite way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I'm watching it, I feel like Dave is at home on the road and he can't reconcile that in a way like it, yeah it, like that's what i thought like you're right like he he you'll you'll show clips of him talking to his kids on his phone facetiming and oh you ran a race today at school or you know right. and and i've done that a million times and maybe this is maybe my insight because i've toured in a band for decades or whatever right. but I, I like dave got to realize most people don't he realized really early on what he wanted to be and he, and he still is that, but this other life of dad, husband, uh, maybe better, you you know, security with a better job and a 401k and all that stuff that's there and that wrestling with it, but he's on the road. Like the thing that he, he is there, like in spite of all that, in spite of missing your family, in spite of, uh, you know, not the security, all of that, he is on the road and, it's almost as if he could, if he could just find a way, like, for example, if he made a billion dollars touring, well, that would make way more sense, wouldn't it? You right. know what I mean? Like if, if yeah, there was yeah, more yeah. security or whatever. And so I just, I, that, that struggle in there is just so strong to me. Like I'm just, I'm just watching it and going, oh man, he's in a living room, just belting out these lyrics that have, you know, influenced me unbelievably. So like influenced yeah. me as a songwriter, as a person in every possible way. And, that is probably where he should be. And then just yeah. and at the exact same time, it would, how amazing would it be if he could have been there for that race with his daughter or right. son or, you know, a child, whatever. Like, yeah. I just like that, all that, that, that tension is there through that whole, through the whole mm-hmm. film where I'm just watching it going, oh man, he's where he, he should be. And he even knew it early on. 
and yeah. he's still there, but it doesn't provide exactly what he needs. And I was yes, just, I mean, I was just like, exactly right. And, and and he can't reconcile that. How can he say right. I'm supposed yeah. to be here in this living room with sixty people and not right. at, that that you can't say that? No, he couldn't no. say it. It, right. it, would, it would feel like a, it would feel horrible, even though it's not. Yeah. It isn't horrible. Like, oh, it, it, so it, much. You know what I mean? There. And, and there's tons of ways, and I've realized this later, and, I, and I'll give credit to Matt for this, uh, for kind of even opening my eyes to this. Oftentimes, we think, you know, our kids would always want all of our time. They would take 100%. I have three kids upstairs right now. They would yeah. take 100% of my time if they could get it, right? Yeah. But how much more valuable is it that they know that I'm living my dreams and that it's okay? And, and I, I, I will give them anything, and I want to be with them. And I, and I, I give them more time than I even have. You know, I, I will, you know, like, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, Hey, you might see me disappear. My three kids are upstairs. <laughs> you know, I, I, if, if they need me, I'm gone, man. I'm sorry about the interview, but like that idea of Dave being out there and doing the thing he was even like, he knew it so early on. I mean, he knew it. He, he was leading yeah. worship at a church. He's like, I got to right. get this music out. And as soon like, yeah. even in the, in the film, you even say, uh, it, it, you you capture him saying he knew that he, as soon as he wrote music that's what he had to do right. like he just knew it and i just i love that that tension there it's just so mm-hmm. strong of wait a minute i'm here and i keep i keep finding myself here in these living rooms or on these shows and there's this whole other side and that's why yeah. I, I love that you just show yeah. that from his point of view like you just oh, revealed that so clearly i mean i'll just Oh boy, I was just like, I was just, you know, I was in my feels or whatever, you know, I just, I just like, wow, this is, I mean, yeah. how, how, how does Dave put reconcile all this? Right. Brandon, well, that, is that, yeah. is that intentional on your part to show what Toby is seeing? The fact that some of that FaceTime interaction or stuff could be tension to where maybe that's just fake anyway. Like, and you know, like there's a, there's an element of, the, of that that shows not necessarily pure connection to his family, how much he loves them, right. but the struggle to connect with them when you maybe don't feel like it. That is that totally. intentional. I mean, I think, you know, the, the intention and it's so, it's so, so exciting to hear that, you know, and this is, it's like, I'm, you know, getting the chills. Cause it's just like, not that many people have seen the film yet. And so it's like, it's just so exciting after, uh, just this being inside my head or my computer for so long for it to be kind of interacting with, mm-hmm. with other humans and doing, you know, because that, that was exactly it. Like the intention was, this is so complex. There's nothing kind of like prescriptive about, you know, like he's the good guy. He's going to make the good decision, you know, uh-huh. because, there is, you know, like that's, that's the whole thing is he's trying to figure out the balance of what the good decision is because there's people on one side that have seen the film and are just like, he, he doesn't want to be home. He doesn't, you know, his actions speak louder than his words. And that know? is true. Right. Which that is, is and, partly true. That is no way that's not, there's no getting out of that in right. my opinion. And, and, and it and, shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I want it. And it was really important for me to, to represent that well, that it wasn't just like a, purely financial thing or just you know mm-hmm. like they're stuck between a rock and a hard place uh that he had to do it it's like no no, no there's choices in here you know and and that's you know that's what makes it an everyman story that's what makes a, yeah. you know people being able to see themselves in it yep. because it shows these actual choices with these stakes and you're not always making the right choices you know and you know it could be viewed as selfish or it could be viewed as, you know, like there's just, there's, there's so much complexity there that 
like I always knew that this film was going to kind of like exist in this marbled space where it was like, you know, and that's why it was so hard to get financing for it and everything, because it's just like, it's such a nuanced thing where it's like, there's no high level pitch. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's the whole movie. You know, and even yeah. Dave now is like, he's fucking hates when I'm trying to like pull clips out to, to, you know, uh, preview the movie or to, to help sell it and blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just like, he's like, this is one piece. It's it, you know, like from beginning to end, this is a one piece. We can't, it's, you know, things fall apart once you start taking things out of context, especially with, you know, like the sound mix and every, you know, everything is so kind of emotionally, or just worked so hard to kind of like create something that, that was that, you know, that, that was able to hold that much complexity. You did a terrific job with the music, by the way. I mean, the whole yeah. thing's awesome. I mean, I know what I'm saying it's great, but it, it feels so good and meaningful to me because of my connection to it, to Dave's journey, uh, to have met you. The music is great. You use all Dave's music, and then Andy Othling contributed to the music, and yeah. we collaborate with him, and yeah. Chris Keene did some mixing on it, and we yeah. co- he plays in Emory, and we collaborate I, with him. And just the just, whole thing is, is so much fun in that way. Yeah. And the shared experiences of living room shows, I want to go even further in uh, hope, and, and analyze some of the things you went to put in the film. Toby, start with the one. I'm going to try and play the clip, actually, here. I don't know if the audio will work. If not, don't. we'll just describe it. But Toby, yeah. tell me the clip you reacted to, and then I want to react to the one one right after that and see what Brandon says about that. Yeah, Matt and I were talking. I mean, you had you were at so many shows, like your choices of what to I mean, you heard a million questions, you know what I mean? And like yeah. so so that's what I thought was so neat, the way and I, I will say this. I want everybody to understand. I feel like Matt and I have special insight just because we've been in a Christian <laughs> band and we played I mean, we this movie in in lots of ways I've lived it in a way yeah. so so there is some insight that I have and that's why Dave I and Bob I, gave us the living room template when we first started doing right. our living room shows yes. we took their Bob emailed me the copy said do it this way right. you know, like you know we've been no down way. the same identical yeah. path and so that's yeah. why I think I think your choices were just spot on the way you did this but so when you're revealing the people that are talking to Dave like uh, the the big thing that I noticed was just Dave's in this moment. Just got done with the living room show, standing in you know in a kitchen or behind his car van yeah. or whatever. And these people, this is their moment to talk about God with yeah. Dave Bazan. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they don't want to know. They, they can't just shoot the shit. Right? You're not right. going to shoot the shit with Dave Bazan. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. and 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 the questions that everybody asks, you know, I mean, they're just going to be these so you revealing know, about everything. the people. And so the one that got, totally. I just, I mean, I, I just, I was like, I, I busted out laughing just because I've heard. <laughs> this question before and this is just so real and cutting in the moment just a girl so brazenly and bold she just goes um why are you so bitter (laughs) (laughs) let me see if i can play it yeah yeah see if you can play that yeah yeah y'all want to talk about anything at this point in the show so um the holy peak was one of the first albums i listened to by you it's a lot different it is different. Than what you have recently produced. That's right. Um, what made you so bitter? <laughs> <laughs> wow! I changed a lot since the time I was 18 till now. And I just did it in front of people. <laughs> but yeah, so she, she asked that. And I mean, the Holy P changed my entire view of music. I mean, that might be the pinnacle of 
uh, are the crux of me figuring out music. I mean, it was just an empty record. And when I say empty, it was just like there was just a guitar and then a, a drum beat would hit yeah. later. I mean, it was just, there's so empty. And she's talking about That's a great this, way to say it. The, I mean, she, the, this record that is life changing. Yeah. And I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of just want to say it's almost like just a Karen. You know, this is Karen there, white girl Karen asking this question, and it just slices right into you. And right. he's like, "Oh no, I'm, oh, oh no, I'm not bitter." And he handles it so well. You, uh, I, I, Matt, and I, we uh, we did a, a BC road show, and yeah. somebody in the audience, we take questions too, and somebody was being really rude, and I just uh, couldn't handle it, and. So my Karen moment was almost just this this lady. I just started telling her to shut the fuck up over and over and over, over and over. And so Dave just, he's so kind. He's so gracious. Like, I can't believe he can control himself when right. she's saying something that is really offensive. Like, if somebody says, you are bitter, why are you so bitter? Is that clear to you know everybody I mean? that that's... The, why that... What I don't think that other people necessarily understand that the offense... In that, and what Dave has to do to the, answer I don't think it. the lady understood it. She right. did not realize the weight of that. I do. I do not think. I think she. I, I think she. No, did, she didn't clearly. Right, but and but do, does the average person understand what is going on there, or is it just the three of us? Is my question. I don't know the answer to that. I think yeah, most people say maybe. Good. I don't know. Yeah. How did you think about that, Brandon, and and why you put it in? Well, you know, I think it, it was so just on the, on the kind of top level, it was so important to show that there was a lot of pushback, you know, that these house shows are such a special environment. No one's, no one's like, yeah, it's just your, and you guys know you've done it a bunch. Like when you're sitting on someone's parents' couch, you know, uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama with their family pictures around them and blah, 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 shag carpet, you know, it's like, no one's trying to be cool. Uh, you know, there's, there's certainly posturing, but there's like, it's, it, it provides this opportunity uh, for people to be, to be more real. And, you know, yes. like it, it's, you know, which I almost stopped myself from saying that, but that, but, but I guess that's what's going on with her as well. It's like, she's, a, she's been offended by him walking away from this tradition Um in a way that made her want to lash out, you know, like it's such an interesting yeah. thing. And I saw it, you know, a handful of times throughout this thing where it's kind of like, Oh, who the fuck do you think you are? You know, like you, you can, you know, like now you're on this crusade against something, which, you know, obviously is, is just really myopic and misinformed about what he's trying to do. But yeah, it's like, it's, 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 fighting, you know, this, this party line and knowing, you know, and it's also about kind of like the other people in the room too, you know, like it's because a lot of the people end up knowing each other in a room. So it's like what she was doing there was so there, it was so layered and, you know, and, and that's why I wanted to really include the the conversation afterwards in the kitchen, because you can see that, you know, this is a community and and it's impossible to know in the film, but the the same woman who asked that question about being so bitter, did you know that? <laughs> That's what I wanted right. to know because I yeah. can't see her yeah. in the first part, right. and then when the girl that asked the next question in the kitchen, yeah. it, I lo- lose my mind on right. that. The first one yeah. didn't uh, didn't really like Toby reacted to that first one, yeah. and then when I watched the film, what their interaction is in the kitchen, yeah, it, it makes me go. <laughs> 
completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> and I, want, I, I don't know if anybody else can understand it because it seems so subtle, but it is... It, I'm going to try and play that, and I would like to talk about it if I can maintain my composure. It'll sound like I'm attacking somebody that doesn't know and is completely good-natured, but right, these right. are the type of things that I, I find them to be very sharp and distinct. Well, it says so much. It's in, and I'm in, so glad you put them in, in there. so little time. You know, it's like, um, I, you know, like when, when you come across these little things in the way that they can kind of work together, like – it's almost like a, you know, like a, a line in a J.D. Salinger book or something where it's like in one line, you know, every single thing you need to know about a character based on the comment that they say about someone's shoes or something like that, where it's just like it's yeah. so specific yeah. mm-hmm. that, you know, like everyone can have access to it. And what this woman says and and the kind of the pretense of the whole thing says so much about an entire group of thinking people that was just like so exciting to me and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to play the next clip. It's in the kitchen, and you that is the same person that asked the bitter question? Yep, yep. Oh, my gosh, that gives me so much satisfaction <laughs> to know that. <laughs> okay, that, that makes me feel even more validated. Um, and I, whoever this is, I'm using you as an archetype to describe a type of person. I'm sure, you know, whatever. I could be totally off on you as a person, um, but it's a type that, that I recognize. So, all right, I'll play this next clip. Again, it seems relatively subtle, I think, probably to most people. But it is in the kitchen after that other. Would you say that there's stuff that's out there that you've written mm-hmm. and that you used to believe in mm-hmm. that you don't believe in anymore? Yes. And um, so people like find these this music by you and they're like, oh, it's David Bazan, but is it really? It's David Bazan from a certain <laughs> point in time. At any given point, I've. It's always been that uncomfortable laughing. Yeah, I changed my mind about certain things, but it was genuine at the time. It's understandable. Sure. (laughs) I think it's commendable. (laughs) It's very commendable. (laughs) He has to defend himself so in such a gracious way in a kitchen in in somebody's living, you know, somebody's house. Right. Okay. So my read on on what she does here that makes me so frustrated about it is. It is subtle, and it's a really good question. The question she asked, 100%, I think, is legitimate, which is she's getting at something along the lines of, you've changed in some way, so how do I know that what you say, like, you've basically become invalid to me because you don't stand on a certain thing. Like, you change over time, and I see that as negative. Um, Or is that negative? I mean, you could ask it in a legitimate way, but it's clear from her point of view that she thinks the fact that he has changed his mind maybe even invalidates his previous art or him right. as a person or like stuff like that is uh, and it's a it's a good question it's like well if he said this and they said this what does that mean about this I, right. I respect that question but her baggage of how she's coming to it and the way that she's talking to him I've seen it a million times and people think it's a fan thing I'm gonna just I can't get off of this issue because it's an emotional trigger for me. Yeah. But I, I, I respond to this in the terms of I've seen this my whole life with authority figures. A lot of times what I identify to be bad school teachers are this way. I think it is an emotional bully. I think that is squarely the territory it's in. Mm. I think it's a condescending way to treat somebody who's opened themselves up to you in a vulnerable way, who's really doing something hard to wrestle with stuff and doing something brave, and they are treated as a silly boy. 
It's just a silly little boy. Right. And if he doesn't defend himself in that moment, she walks all over him. Yeah. He does defend himself. He says, I actually think it's commendable. He had to reach deep to not let that emotional energy of you're silly and I know what's going on. And I'm not even listening. I'm trying to disqualify you in some way. And I'm just going to keep on rolling with my train because I'm confident. And I'm right. caring and it doesn't matter. You know, and, and, and if he doesn't defend himself, I know where that goes and how she views him and over time and they keep they will put you farther and farther down a hole. They'll ta- all the ground where you say you don't know yeah. or you're being open, they'll take that ground and right. then put you down for it and they will never stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that's overreading it no. to some degree. No. But I but and, and, and she caved to the social pressure there. She goes, Oh, well, okay, I get, yeah, you're right, it is commendable. She doesn't believe that. That was right. her he stood up for to the bully. And she backed down, and he barely was able to. And he's Dave fucking Bazan <laughs> yeah, in the living room show that she paid tickets to, and he was barely able to keep that right in a graceful way that was funny, and then did point back to truth and handled her. Right, that's the way I read that that right. moment. And it has very it has less to do with being a musician than just I, that thing. That's what I'm saying. He could have said "fuck you." Yeah, right. he should have. I mean, <laughs> but, I, mean, I, but, I mean, when that happens to me, then, I feel hot she and got crazy. What, but, he, you know? but he was strong enough to know yeah. in that moment. <laughs> That's what she wanted, yeah. or you yeah. know, you know what I mean. Whatever. That, right. that, I mean, that oblivious confidence. Like you're standing there with a the camera filming her, right. and she's yeah. gonna go right at Dave. Like I mean, you're there, right? Right. And it's, it's that, uh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, and just this thing, you know, like she never encounters resistance in her life. Is right. what I'm telling. That, yeah. No, that's she never that's does. Fair. So she has no idea. Like I, I, I'll give her that. It's, it's so interesting, you know, like you get, you were saying the confidence of it and just kind of this brazen nature where it's like, and, and I think it goes to, to what we were talking about with the first comment and just how deep that is, like how, how she's, you know, like dismissing all of his previous work and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like what we said. And I remember Matt, you on the first time you guys interviewed Dave, on this podcast uh and i never was able to find a way to use it in the film but i always wanted to um you talk really clearly you're the only one who i could ever find very clearly that just says like that your your body of work tells the story of your life you know that this this unfolds every chapter of your life in in a really nice way you know and that invalidates you know like a, you know, half of his life worth of, of living. And the reason, you know, like everything begetting each other in a way that it's like, you don't understand, you know, it's like, it's so anti-progress. It's so, um, right. Right. Well, and it's just like, it's this weird thing of, we can never change, you know, like, like <laughs> battle hatches, you know, like, make strengthen the the party line instead of that's like right. and, and just demonizing changing you know like that's right which is what such a weird thing where it's like it, it, in american christianity you know it's like it seems like there's these two things that that are really unique to this evangelical tradition in terms of like extra biblical you know demonization of of questioning and be you know like changing your mind about something questioning yes. and actually yeah. taking a step in a different direction uh, because somehow that invalidates something or whatever, but it's just like, no, 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 that's, that's humanity. Like look at, look mm-hmm. at the way that biology works. Look at, look at the revelation in every other sphere that that is truth. That's where truth comes from. Um, and you know, it's like, it's so, it's not, it's just so, 
scary that that there's so much confidence in that stance, you know? Um, Crazy. It's because, and that's what, that's what you see, you know? Yes. It's the weakness. I mean, the weak, the power and the progress is in the weakness. Everybody should know that they do know that in fact, which is why they want to bolster and not react. And the biggest danger of this film is people going, yeah, Dave's right. It's those people that are like that. If it's you, it's you. And, And Dave's willing to go first and change and get it right wrong a hundred times. And right. so you'll always be able to put him down if you want to. You'll well, and that was such a huge part. be able to. Yeah. He's so silly. Or, or some people deal with it. And hu- once you go to the weak place of change, maybe yeah. you have to deal with it with humor. And people right. go, see, he's not serious. Right. He's a clown. He's right. a this. He's just, I mean, people will dismiss you like crazy when you go to the vulnerable place of change for progress. Yeah. And that, and, and it's because they can't, they have to make sure their walls they're more committed to not letting their worldview unfold instead of having a strong and healthy evolving worldview. Right. That's what right. this, I mean, that's what this is all about. Isn't it? I yeah. mean, how critical it's crazy. And I hope, I hope that it's in the film, just like how hard it is where it's like, you know, at the end of, at the end of the film, you know, without spoiling anything, there's not, it's not wrapped up in this kind of neat, crazy bow where it's just like, <sighs> life is perfect, you know, and, right. and, and he won, you know, it's like, it's so clearly just a couple shades of a better life and being a better human, you know, like, and that's kind of that with so much invested in those years. And, you know, from his own account, we went through the darkest years of his life together, even darker than the alcoholism, you know, where, because in a sober mindset, he was, having to to deal with all of this stuff and and kind of make big decisions because he was done running from it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just this, it's this thing that, that I hope is realistic in a way that, you know, I think a lot of cinema isn't, especially narrative cinema, where it's just kind of like the Disney, you know, like unless you end a season of your life with everything figured out, it was a failure. It's like no, 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 no. Just shades of of better is better, and that's and that's worth working for. I, I think too. What is really cool about this, even going back to this lady, is that you included. She paid for a ticket. You know what I mean? Like she, she's <laughs> yeah. a fan. Like, like she's there. Yeah. Like like that. That's what's so amazing. Like we're talking about art, and that the viewer of the art gets to include their thoughts <laughs> on it. That is just right. so oh, yes. amazing. So like, awesome. I mean, the fact that you, 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 you picked that and you did it. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, you could have really like, I, I'm, I promise you, Dave Bazan, Pedro the Lion, the top tier of influential on me and my life as far as yeah, a musician. Wow. And yeah. for you, it, it could have got. I was. I was worried. Like, will this be cheesy? Is it just going to be? Oh my god! I thought. I thought it would only be just the the. He used to be a Christian. Now he's not. And you did such right. a good job of just capturing the entire person. I'm so glad I got oh, man, so much you. of Dave Bazan. So many people. You're right. So many people don't do that. Like you. You get all these other people that either want to be in the film or want to give their two cents about something, and you got so much of Dave Bazan. That I can actually think about it myself. I thought I thought that was just, just to so begin it, to see it, it, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, Barely, see yeah. It. I mean, yeah. a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Like I got Not too much. Yeah, but that's right. what I'm saying. Like in that, even this scene we're talking about. This is one scene from the movie. You see somebody 
say something that is super cutting and Dave react to it in real time in a very calculated, smart, intelligent way that isn't vicious or mean and even have to go a step farther when she challenges them again to defend himself. He he says it's commendable. Yeah. But in, a, yes. in such a great way, like he's the one. I, I mean, it's so That's hard Christ to defend. Like you like you cannot imagine. That you, is it. That I, is the gospel. It is to so me. hard is, to defend yourself you against it. your fans. You right. know how hard that is. Yes. She I paid know. for a ticket. She's probably going to buy a T-shirt <laughs> a record out in the van. Yeah, and he right. has to defend himself against her. I mean, that, that's yeah. just so awesome that that's there. I mean, I mean, what a, I mean, that that view of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, we you, people don't get this. I, I I see the broader picture, even in Christianity as a whole. Like Matt said, this is almost like we're looking at a prophet or someone revealing mm-hmm. and being so transparent and. Pastors don't get this, you know. Church, no. the church system doesn't get this, and you reveal that in, the, in such a great way. You know, I promise you. I know there's tons of times where pastors get tough questions or uh, you know just cutting questions about poor treatment. What, yeah, 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 poor treatment because people pay their tithes or that's their community and their church and stuff like that. And the way you revealed that was, is, is just so great. I just, I, I really, I really was impressed. Like, oh, I'm. I'm just watching this. Like I, a lot of times it's not like that. It, a lot of times the story or the narrative is too powerful and you know, or it's just taking you somewhere and this, you get to watch, Oh, this is just unraveling in front of you. Oh, and that's man. just so great. It's I, very I mean, yeah. active viewing. Like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Not, you're not just passively accepting some normal story. And the thing that it's, highlights all that even more. And Dave mentions it in there. He says that you got to do things that are risky and new. He can't help it. Of course, yeah. that's in the territory of a prophet. It's mm. going to, be painful and listen to this if he was given the the due for his art at the commercial and successful level that his caliber is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this wouldn't happen it it would it would counteract the whole experiment so it's the torture of he has to be barely able to survive in order to get the art to stay where the art is if he was in an arena playing that concert he does not interact with that lady. And even if he does interact with her, she never fucking says what she said to him. Yeah. The fact that she was in the living room and had him down in her territory where she could do that, that wouldn't happen if he was larger. Like, even if wow. she got to interact yeah. with him, she just, would it's never a, say it That's an actual extension of the genius. art. Right. Ex- yeah, I mean, that is yes, th- the art is still happening in the kitchen after the show. I know. Well, that's that's what I was talking genius about. never gets that interaction. Yeah. It never right. happens. Well, and that's what I was talking about earlier, part of the where form. it's just like, realize it's all one thing. You know, like it's not this compartmentalized, you know, that he's trying to build a life of fidelity where it's all, Mm -hmm. it's the same throughout. Fidelity is a great word. And there, and there's like, you know, I think that the way that I, I started interacting with the house shows was just like, oh shit. Like this is obviously the setting of the movie because this is like, this is actually a way forward. You know, like there's so much, there's so much complexity in what's happening here and how many different people from different walks of life and that don't know each other are coming into this offsetting environment and having to sit close to each other and touch each other in a weird way. You know, like there's so yeah. many different things about, you know, using someone's bathroom, you know, is disarming yeah. in a way where you can't be a cool guy in the back, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. there's. There's something and and the way that Dave creates this inclusive environment within that space, you know, and it's just like, 
<laughs> there's a Bible study element to it, you know, where it's yeah, like, no doubt there is, he is, but, but he's creating this space. And I, it was so helpful for me, a uh, dude that grew up on the West coast um, to, to kind of interact with the nuance of people's faith and, and the fundamentalism and kind of, you know, like it's so easy, uh, you know, just kind of dismissing that or, you know, the, th- th- fucking hicks blah 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 flyover states but like to to be in a living room in you know in this city with these actual people and them talking through the exactly you know why they've put their flag in the ground in this way wanting dave to comment on it or wanting the room you know it's just like it's it's and, and he says it at one point in one of the house shows is that he realized that kind of, you know, vulnerability was, is the antidote, you know, and, and, and that's to everything, you know, and I think that it's so, and Dave is famously vulnerable and, and has kind of, you know, created an entire different art form out of this vulnerability and putting his life forward him, but he's always framed that, you know, this is the first time. And there was a lot of conflict in a lot of sharpening in terms of him and my relationship, because he had to let go and be even more vulnerable because now someone else is framing, you know, mm-hmm. the things that he's always had control over framing. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, is this lesson for him? And he feels everything so deeply that it's just like, yeah, it's, it, it was this, it was just so intense every day because of all of that stuff. Man, so moving forward with it, like, how does it even work out for you to have spent that much time and effort? Is it, it's hard to even imagine the finances here. What else were you doing during the five years? And what do you do? Like, is this like, how much of this is your career? What else were you doing in the last several years? Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm, there's, you know, like some editing gigs and stuff like that. Like, I I try to make uh, like short documentaries that are paid for. That, that I can actually make money on in between. So I was making, during this, I was making this film called A Certain Kind of Light about a 93-year-old hospital chaplain as kind of this Yoda figure that walks people through death and dying in a very specific way. Um, and, and you know, I was making decent money doing that. Um, and then started a film about this Native American tribe as well that got some grant money for. And then, you know, uh, Kickstarter was massive. You know, like that was, I got a grant for the film really early on by this woman, Abigail Disney, um, who made another really a film that, that I think, you know, touches on evangelicalism in a really helpful way. This film called the armor of light about, um, this, this pastor Rob something who was kind of on the front lines of the anti-abortion movement, but realized the incongruous nature of, the, of not also putting the same energy into, into gun violence. Uh, so anyway, she, she was super helpful. Fork films was, was like super on board from the beginning. And then, you know, I knew it had to be a Kickstarter thing because it, you know, like I was saying before, like I was never going to be able to define what it was going to be. And it, you know, it's, it's too touchy of a subject for anyone to trust that it's just going to work out in their way or whatever, you know? So having, having Kickstarter, you know, we had like 1500 people, almost 2000 people back the film 
which just gave me the latitude to like really explore this thing and let it let it become what it was supposed to be rather than kind of trying to fit it into this thing that I had already sold. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I mean, you, it's just a big thank you to the fact that the world is like that where we can trust. I mean, like I, to have an amazing artist that's under the radar in this particular way that Dave is, and in my opinion, uh, I know it's, he says all his buddies either got rich or gave up, right. you know, and that's yeah. a really, it is kind of a bitter or jaded way yeah. to look at it, but he's yeah. exactly where he's supposed to be from my point right. of view is so clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. the fact that there's people like that at that level that can't even do it in a middle class way is amazing. And then that people like you can just get access, make a pitch, get something rolling, and then fans can support it. And then this new thing that gets right. everybody's juices going now is in the world. And oh my gosh, I'm more excited to work on our film and do everything. Yeah. And to do what we do is, so, I mean, it's so that cycle is, I think we maybe just be on the beginning of the value of everybody trying to work hard creatively together in these smaller ways. I think it's, I, I think it's just kind of the beginning of the, and you talked a little bit about, the middle class creators being strapped or hurt or eliminated, but I think it's going. I mean, I, I see nothing but it rising uh, going forward. Yeah. I, yeah. I do really, really believe that people who are able to pull together creative skills to tell, say, and do new things will be more and more in demand. And the fact that it's possible at all without the big corporate interests and all that, and there's, there's grants out there, the whole thing is so exciting, totally. Brandon. I am so happy that we've been yeah. able to run across and know you, and that the inspiration I get from what you've been able to accomplish, separate yeah. from Dave, alone is like creative juice for days for me. So thank oh, you for, for your yeah. belief and effort in a long-term project with, you know, I know the nature of it, and it's it's so cool that people like you would invest your time and talents into something like this. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I... I think, you know, now it's this thing where it's like how to frame this and how to release this in a way that transcends it just seeming like a fan film or a music, even a music doc, you know, that it can, it can kind of build roads in to be seen by our moms or, you know, like the men's study group at the blah, 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 or, you know, shown at the new atheist conference, but you know, that there is this accessibility to the everyman nature, um, that, that, that makes it possible for people just to kind of step into another very flawed human person's existence. Who's trying, who's just fucking trying to figure it out. Um, you know, that's like, you know, and that, that was always the thing about Dave is, and I think one of you guys said it earlier, like he's never, he, he's always so disarming in terms of like, he's, he's willing to kind of look inward and, and say what's messed up about that before, you know, it's an outward thing and, and fuck this whole blah, 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 you know, it's, it, you know, and, and there's, there's so many things that I think are, are important about how he frames things where it's like once, once, you know, we watch the election kind of get to where it's going. Um, it's not, he's not, he's not mad at Trump. You know, he's mad at the people that taught him how to be a decent human being. Um, going back on their word based on, you know, mm-hmm. one factor and, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's confused and angry at a, community his community his community yeah yeah so it's it's still it's still in a personal thing it's not this like completely political thing it's just like no no no. this is this is what we've always said 
you know, and, and now it's, you know, it's, it's able to shrink things down, I think in a helpful way where it's like, you know, the, so much of so much, so many political conversations get lost because it just becomes too general. And, you know, but to, to kind of bring it down to, to these personal levels where it's not about the politicians, um, you know, it's about the people that are voting for them uh, and specifically your people and what you can do in your community and the conversations that you can have that are actually helpful. That's, you know, that that's actually building a way forward uh, in a way that doesn't feel so impossible to make, you know, any kind of progress. Yeah, yeah no I, doubt about it. I, I'll say this. I, I, I'm telling you, I really I was like I, Dave Zahn means so much. Pedro the Lion means so much to me and that you made a, a film that really captured everything. I mean, even just the like the uh, 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 it's like this to me. You get to see the evolution of a human being and you you don't get to see that outside of like 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 you said a, a middle class artist. I kind of almost feel like that's where we're at. Hmm. Like it, it, if there was more money or more success like uh like Tommy Lee from uh, Motley Crue or something. Mm-hmm. He, there's arrested development there. It, it stops, right? right? There yeah. you, you don't you don't think the evolution of that person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like but yeah. but but because of the the tension of ha- needing to provide for your family and pay the bills and also create your art and not and, run uh, off your fans, it, it, yeah, and not run off yeah, your fans, yeah. and also right. you know, but also be frustrated by your fans that they won't, you know, the evolution isn't happening with them as well, or at least they can't even take a moment to understand that maybe yeah. like just that that mm-hmm. whole thing that you've captured is just really great i, I just love it like I, I feel like like the 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 film feels really heavy the music is heavy in a way it's not mm. not not like distortion guitar breakdowns but like it just feels there's this weight and you show the roads and i feel like that's the lines as dave's aging on his face like you showed <laughs> all you know what i mean like like, yeah, like so yeah, i yeah. have that too I, it's not just him i mean like right. he's lived his life on the road those lines yeah. are, are are in his skin they're in on yeah. his heart they're in his lyrics like those roads those lines you know all that stuff and, that. and the experience that that you show is just really great and i mean i'm really excited so tell our folks and the people listening what when when is the film officially going to be out? Where can they see it? How how can they get to it? Yeah, we um when when, when is this going to come out? Um soon. I mean, we okay. can let's just put it wherever it is best for you. We could do it when it would be ideal like the like it's next week or in, uh, yeah. in release. Yeah, I mean, really is is whenever it makes you know as soon as possible just cuz we got, you know, so this weekend we'll be in Grand Rapids um showing the film Dave and I will be there together showing the film he'll be performing afterwards at this new club there in Grand Rapids and then next week um the 14th of November we'll be in Chicago at Lincoln Hall showing the film um and then Minneapolis and then Seattle so there's there's still a handful of dates that are that are still theatrical that you can go you know experience the 5.1 mix like and and be in the space and then uh, on November 19th, the film is out on iTunes. Um, awesome. And yeah, just it's, you know, we're still screening the film a bunch or whatever. But like, yeah, just so excited for for it to just kind of be out there and let people interact with it um, in their own way. 
It would, but is the ideal thing for you or for Dave to to purchase it on iTunes? What is the best yeah. thing that benefits you the most? Yep, that. that's it. Yeah, yeah. And and like early on, uh, you know, and and pre orders are super helpful. Early mm-hmm. on is super helpful just in terms of how much uh, you know activity there is around it because you know a film like this, I think, is we're we're also trying to prove that there's a market for this film. You know that mm-hmm. you know your guys's listener base. There's you know it's outside of podcasts like yours and some Twitter hashtags like there's it's unquantified in terms of who this audience That's is right. and it's, but it's fucking massive and, yeah. and, you know, so supportive and, you know, so I'm super, you know, I, I know, I, I just hope to be able to, to get that audience and find that audience mm-hmm. and let them interact with this thing. Well, so I, I hope really that they appreciate will. you guys every, All of our listeners should, uh, however many there are, I expect that many purchases on iTunes. That, yeah. it, 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 it's a parallel content to the, if you listen to 400 episodes of this and you don't listen to that, you're crazy. So, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's it fascinating. Calls. I mean, it is a, it, you did such a good job. I'm. I, I really. Man, I, I so promise much. you. I, I was worried. Like I said, <laughs> I was worried it could be cheesy. And this is right. like somebody that means so much to me. And yeah. it would just be, uh, you know, I'm not a Christian anymore. And it's not that. Like you really do show the person. And like you show Dave, you show Bazan, you show the ro- <laughs> everything that you capture in it really just is is really revealing and just helpful to understand what it is like to be in his position. I just think it's so valuable. So I I, I think you did just a phenomenal job. I really do believe that. And so uh, yeah, everybody everybody go check it out on iTunes on November nineteenth, right? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Okay, so Brandon Vetter is awesome, obviously. Yeah. But I, well, I guess it's obvious our thoughts about the matter. But it may yeah. be just a situation where we spend sixty or seventy minutes talking to somebody because it's so <laughs> you just see yourself in it so much. Maybe I don't right. know. But I, well, I, I just I love it. Analyze Dave Bazan as a permanent podcast. Like I could yeah. track him week to week and do commentary on him and probably Joe Rogan. Like if I did a three-hour podcast along with each of Joe Rogan's and everything Dave Bazan did, I, I wouldn't run out of things to talk about on their weeks to week, my opinion, <laughs> you know, no, I mean? I know. I'd stay I know. entertained with just those two things alone. I, I know that I was kind of licking his butthole in his tank and I just, <laughs> I didn't, I just loved the, I, I really did enjoy the documentary and just, I mean, I, I guess part of me is jealous. I wanted, I would love to do that. Imagine getting to ride to make around the documentary with, and get it made about you. Imagine, what, no, I want to ride around for two weeks or uh, five years <laughs> with Dave Bazan. That sounds fun uh, in yeah. a way. Like, like that, that's what I'm saying. It also sounds intimidating and scary. And what is it? And you're all, all of that. So, I, I mean, I, I really do think the documentary was well done. And I think you get to see something. I think. Maybe you and I have an insight that other people just won't just because they haven't like, I mean, it really is off on more levels for us. uh, than other. But I mean, it it couldn't be more similar to our lives. Like the questions that Dave gets asked the situation. I mean, we have been in living rooms playing shows. We have done. We've been in Christian music. We have uh, deconstructed. Yeah, I mean, every all of those things. Our our lyrical musical style is very influenced. But the question is then. Is Dave Bazan somebody, if he were never born, you and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing, or we're similar to him and have a similar resonance anyway, and it just it happens to be that, that, that we're representative of some of the same forces that create similar types of people with temp- similar views and impulses. Which of well, those do you think is more true? Uh, I mean, I fully believe that 
his the way his, him as a lyricist challenged me to be better and my lyrics aren't really I, you know everybody thinks of the lyrics that i've written is like you know the uh, studying politics or ponytail parades about girls and your broken heart but i've always thought everything that i've ever written was about relationship whether it be with a girl or god or each other or whatever and so that is what the way i think that he writes he writes in a very relational way with god with people with his his relationship with in the context of Christianity and all that stuff. So I, I don't know if we would, we would not exist the same way without Pedro the Lion and Dave Bazan. No doubt. No I mean, doubt. But there's something the that's kindred way. fundamentally about it because the, all I know is I deal with artists all day, every day, and 83.5% of them are just fucking full of bullshit. That's just all they are. Yeah. Like, most people that are successful entertainment, uh, whatever. I don't. I mean that they're uh, whatever they're doing is as good as it is. But them as a person, not interested, like not real, or like that's the strong sense I have from most entertainers is that ah, you wouldn't. They're nothing to shake a stick at as a person or personality. They're just if you like what they do, that's all good, which right. is fine. I mean, I, I mean they don't require that. Uh, uh, but somebody like Dave to me is in this total other territory, and you've said this before. It's the territory I'm trying to be in, which is so painful for me, but I gravitate towards it where even my own fans are just going to be mean to me and have total access and can call me a dumbass. Like, you don't get to do that about every other artist avoids that situation. Right. And it's easy for them to do. They give fake bullshit answers <laughs> to every interview. They're boring yep. as hell, it, and it benefits them totally. Nobody ever... They just look good. They they dress right. They say the right things. But it's all that all that stuff is easy to do if you want to be keep people at arm's length and not actually be yep. analyzed or scrutinized or criticized on a personal level. So Dave, the, the 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 impulse to lean into that, I think maybe it's just we were always going to be that way. So yeah, Emery's the I biggest agree. idiots you know. The Bad Christian Podcast guys, the biggest idiots you know. That's fine. I mean, I you know for whatever reason. Well, I I will say this. I really do believe. It, and like we said, when Brandon was on, I, I think it's an extension of the art that the art doesn't stop yeah. just with that, right. the music or the lyric. And that's where everybody else's art oftentimes stops. So I'm not well, tooting, I'm not tooting our own horn, after that. but, I, but I'll give credit to Dave Bazan. I mean, his art does not just stop with the lyric or the chord progression. It doesn't stop there. The art is in his veins and in his life. And that's just, I mean, that's more real. And, and so what you think is casual conversation in a kitchen is the art. I agree. And and of course, it would be ridiculously uh, elitist to announce it as such. That's the point. You know, like, okay, now I'm going to do the part, part of my art where I talk to you in the kitchen. What? You can't, I know. You can't has, do that. And, and, and you, real, have, yeah. you are having real emotions yeah. in real time <laughs> about what is happening. That's what's so amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah, this is where we always give the BC Club call and, uh, BC Club, given this whole episode and, and what's going on, I just want to say you guys are very important and uh, stick with us if you want that's to. That's why we're still here. That's yeah. why we're still here. It's important to us. If it's if you have a different things you need to do, you don't have to do anything on our behalf, but I'm just telling you, you know, whatever is the right thing for you, if it's to stay in the club or leave, that is totally fine. There's a lot of more people that probably – should and will join the club if if you hear that i think now would be a good time the club is in a good place i think everybody there is very 
uh, stable and vulnerable and open-minded in a way that I haven't really seen before. And obviously, we have new chapters and new things coming up, and it's going to be a fun ride and interesting journey nonetheless. If it's not for you anymore, totally understand that. Um, and if, if you're going to stick with us, then I think we're going to do some discover and explore some some really interesting things together. So, yeah. uh, and, and if not, eat shit, fucking die. Yep. I don't. Just, we don't give a fuck. What, what do I care? <laughs> Who cares? I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, seriously, I do. Seriously. <laughs> no, fuck you. Wait, I do care. <laughs> I, I, can't you see our art? <laughs> genius. Genius. <laughs> Damn it. We have to say we're genius on our own. All right. Well, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs>